Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Josh Horowitz of MTV News. Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, thanks so much for coming out tonight. Uh, this is this is not hyperbole to say this is a movie that is decades in the making. Uh, 21 years ago, this uh, book was published, Lois Lowry's The Giver. Uh, 10 million copies sold later. Uh, years of development uh, and hard-fought battles by Jeff Bridges as a producer have landed uh, us with a great film that's opening aug up August 15th. We've got one of the producers and two of the brilliant stars of The Giver here tonight. I'm going to ask some questions. We're going to hear some of your brilliant questions. But before all of that, let's take a look at the trailer for The Giver. From great suffering came a solution. Communities. Injected. Serene, beautiful places where disorder became harmony. Do you know how to fly those? Absolutely. Do you get to fly to the edge? Oh, yeah. What's past there? Don't know. We're not allowed to fly past that. Let's go. It's against the rules, Jonas. They're called books. Hello? Uh, my name... I know who you are. Who are you? The Giver. When the elders need guidance, I provide wisdom. Using memories of the past, our world was different. There was more. More? Much more. Right. You'll see them all in time. All colors, all differences. Our people chose to do away with emotions. Those morning injections take them away. When people have the freedom to choose, they choose wrong. Tomorrow morning, skip your injection. I've been doing it for months. What do you feel? He's not usually like this. I'm surprised you're not more worried about him. I would be. Bring up Jonas's activity. He's inquisitive. You should know better than anyone. The way things look and the way things are are very different. Watch. That's my father. There is no way for me to prepare you for the truth. He killed him. The young and the old are killed. For the good of all of us. There are things you don't know. You're scaring me. Go back to your family unit. It isn't my family, and neither is yours. Jonas has become dangerous. I know that there's something more. Something that has been stolen. Comfortable? Jonas. There has to be a way to show them. You can stop this. You can change things. I want you to find him. And then I want you to lose him. Good stuff. All right, guys. Uh, you see the amazing cast on screen in that trailer, and we are privileged to be joined by two of the amazing young stars of the film tonight. Uh, Brenton Thwaites, Odea Rush, and the producer, Nikki Silver. Give it up, guys. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, you should be warned. It's really not a warning. It's a good thing. These guys, I think, uh, they've been doing a lot of press. This has been quite a road for you guys. I saw you guys in Comic-Con. You guys uh, saw you at the press conference today. When you make a movie, making the movie is just the start. Has it been fun to sort of experience 
the crazy other side of this to meet the press and to meet the fans? The business of show business. Exactly. It's been a wild ride. It's crazy. It's my first time doing all this stuff. Um, but we're making it fun. We're making it cool. How do you make it fun? What's the secret By to doing things like this. There you go. Coming here. <laughs> there you go. So um, I, I alluded to this at the start. Um, this is a, a book that uh, came out over 20 years ago. Um, huge bestseller, beloved in classrooms uh, around the world. Yet it's taken a while to get this to the screen. And Nikki, obviously, you, you go way back with this project. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you first encountered the material. And are you surprised it took as long as it did to get here? Um, yeah, surprised overwhelmed, all of the above. Um, I always say I date how long I've been involved in this by the age of my first son, who's uh, almost 17 years old next week. Um, it's been a journey, and an epic one, sort of like Jonas's out of the community. But um, I had an amazing partner in Jeff Bridges whose passion for this project never waved, uh, which is pretty amazing when you think about somebody in Hollywood sticking with something for so long. Then again, the man's been married for 35 years, so. Um, but it was. It was, uh, it was hard. We never realized it was going to be so difficult. But it's, it's difficult material because there's so much to it. And the book is so powerful. And we wanted to do it justice. And uh, we wanted to be able to give sort of a big, fun, blockbuster movie, but that kept and retained all the things about the book that uh, was important to us and very important to Lois. And she stayed with us. And... Because it took so long, now we have these two amazing cast members with us, who, one of who wouldn't have been alive, and uh, the other one would have uh, played like the brother, Emma's the baby. Emma, exactly. Baby Gabriel. Baby Gabe. Baby Gabe. A lot of baby time in this film. We'll get to that, among other things. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you guys entered the project here. Um, Talk to me a little about audition process. What was it like? Did you know the material going in? Did you see a script? Or were you sort of like a little ignorant of how big a deal this was when you got involved? You know, I was uh, to an extent completely um, disconnected from the story. You know, for me, it was like I was auditioning for a while and this came up. So I just treated it as another audition. You know, you go in, you prepare, try and get a job. <laughs> um, and then I read the book and, you know, I realized what a powerful story it was. But auditioning for Philip Noyce was very hard. You know, it was a challenge. It was, he really wanted, to, he really wanted me to find Jonas before they showed Nikki and Jeff and, um, you know, other decision makers um, of the film. Because, you know, these kids are 12. Right. And that was something that was very close to Jeff's heart. Um, and so to let go of that was uh, a huge thing, I think. So, uh how many different sort of meetings did you have, auditions did you have, and were you feeling like enough's enough? I feel like I've gotten this. Come on, guys. Oh, dude. I, yeah, <laughs> totally, man. After my fifth audition, I remember saying to my manager, he's like, okay, you got to go in and read for uh, full again. I'm like, ah, man. Just, <laughs> tell, just tell me I've got it, and then I'll go in and massage his feet if he wants, you know? Um, but it was okay. I mean, that speaks to uh, Philip Noyce, for you guys that don't know. I mean, look up this guy's credits. This has, he's had an eclectic, amazing career. And there's certainly an exacting vision for just the look of this film, let alone the performances that he brings out of you guys. So it's all for a good cause. Yeah, and you know, that really um, formed the start of our relationship, our working relationship. So it was, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was valuable hours, <laughs> rehearsal hours, you know? Uh, Odea, talk to me a little bit from your perspective. Okay, so were you... Was Brenton already on board when you were auditioning? Um, the first time, no. Jeff was the only one on board. 
And I came in and read for Phil, and usually auditions are like 10, 15 minutes. This was an hour long. And then at the end, he was just like, good. And just kind of like dismissed me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never coming back here. I, don't, I, I would never think that I would even get a call back or that he even liked me. And then I got called back five more times. And um, I think, you know, it was like rehearsal because by the fifth audition, Ross Emery, the DP, was there. And he would, there's a scene where I enter the triangle and I would like, I would open the door and enter, enter the room and we would actually have an apple and, and Nikki was there helping us and, and also giving, you know, direction like a producer. So it really felt like rehearsal. We brought the DP in to light you perfectly yeah. for that last audition. Yeah, uh, last thanks audit. for that. You should tell them about when you broke the wall of the casting room. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. What happened? Everyone thinks I broke the wall. I have a picture that, that tells the story. <laughs> but the truth is, everyone, for the record, Asher and Jonas have a fight scene. And Philip would say, I would, aud 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 I would audition with, um, you know, 10 different actors in the day to try and find Asher before Cameron was cast. Um, and he would just say, okay, improvise. Just do the fight scene. And I would say, well, it's a fight scene. You can't just do a fight scene, you know? It's, someone's gonna get punched. Um, uh, Cameron came in, and we had like a something planned, but it just didn't go well, and we lost our balance, and Cameron ended up in the wall. Yeah. I was to. downstairs, actually. <laughs> and we knew the chemistry was perfect at that point. Yeah, I mean, if you have to get put through a wall to... Uh, be cast, that's okay. Always a good sign if you break some furniture in an audition, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So was it a relief by the time you get onto set? This is shot in South Africa. It looks beautiful, as I said before. Is it a relief, or is it the feeling like, oh, God, the work's just begun? As you said before, Adea, I mean, it felt like you'd, you'd already kind of gotten a head start, maybe, thanks to the, the process you went through. Yeah, so I think when I first got on set, I, I kind of had a clear idea of what the scenes would be like since we worked on them so much. But then Phil took it to an entire new level. And sometimes we do reshoots of a scene because Phil just would come up with so many more ideas and pulled out so much more out of you. So I would say there was a level of comfort because I knew Brenton and I knew Jeff and I knew Nikki and I knew Phil. But, you know, we completely, from I think from the audition room, from the first take you do in the beginning of the day to the last take, it's a complete transformation. Um, Brenton, talk to me a little bit about um, how you relate to this character. As you said, I mean, a, lot, a lot's been made that the character, and everyone's on board with this, including Lois, that it's been aged up, obviously. So the character in the book, I think, is what, like 12, somewhere around there? It's turning 13. Yeah, turning 13. Um, so obviously, having her blessing means everything, uh, as well as the entire group. But talk to me a, bit, a little bit about why you relate to the journey this guy's going on. What resonated with you? Well, first of all, when you read a character that goes against the grain, like Jonas does, and steps outside the box, it's kind of interesting. Um, also, you know, he starts at this film with a very blank canvas and is given a series of memories um, and is chosen to learn the history of the world. And that's pretty interesting. <laughs> um, and I thought, you know, what an opportunity to learn such interesting things, to study such interesting things. And, you know, as an actor, you want to you know, feel, we want to feel, you know, we want to kind of express. Um, and this was, you know, the kind of job where I had the permission, I had the license to go all out, you know, and just try my hardest. 
Even though Philip would always bring me down. <laughs> You're doing too much, mate. You're doing too much. Bring it in. Bring it in. Less, less. What was Jeff saying in that? Was he saying go big or go small? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a few clips we want to share with you guys from this uh, uh, awesome looking film. Let's take a look at this. I think this involves both of your characters, this first clip. Uh, and take a look and then get some of your recollections from the, the shooting of it. Fiona, we gotta go now. You, me, and Gabe. Jonas. the only way. This is the only way to make everything okay. I can't go. When I get there, you'll understand. I'll come back for you. Jonas! So what jumps out when you see that scene? What's you know what jumps out to of? me? Because I've seen that many times in, in doing these things. You know what jumps out to me? Is the positioning we had to get in for the kiss. What? That was pretty intense, wasn't it? We that did it about 20 you, times. That I had to stop you like that? Yeah, and, then, and like where, where we were standing and how the light was hitting us was so specific. It was it's technical. millimeters to yeah. the left. So I remember we did it and we, you know, after a while it just became like clockwork and feels like, okay, remember, you got to act in this one. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah. No, it's technical because when you do your close-up, close it's different and then when they do the two-shot, it's different. So, that but was you the Cape Town soccer stadium too. Yeah. And we really wanted to, like, during lunch, go out and go on the, uh, yeah. the football field, and that we weren't allowed, though. That would have been great. Yeah. There are, I mean, you know, it's obviously not a, an out-and-out romance, but there is a little, there's obviously the, the first inkling of this relationship and what might have been or what might be uh, in this film, including uh, you get a waterfall and everything. I mean, that's all you need in a, in a, in a budding romance, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty romantic. Well, you know, it's actually a, it's a huge moment, this, because... My character is chosen to receive these memories and these feelings and these emotions. No one else experiences them. And so usually I instigate a new emotion or feeling. You know, I, I instigate my feelings towards Fiona. And this is the moment where it's reversed. And so it's, a, it's actually quite a um, pivotal moment in the film and our relationships. Uh, let's take a look at the scene from The Giver as well. I can tell why you've been acting this way. Your injection levels are extremely low. I can correct this. And then we will address what's happened. I know that there's something more. Fiona. Something missing from our lives. No, not missing. Something that has been stolen from me and from you. I don't know what it is exactly. But Jonas does. I mean, talk to me a little bit about, um, we saw in that first clip, there is, a, you especially get a lot of time with a, a baby, a child in this one. That's, that's yeah. a, a challenge for an actor. How many, is it, I assume, twins or triplets or something? You have it, was to two, it, was, it was twins, James and Alex, and uh, we alternated. One would sleep, one would shoot, one would cry, one would poop. <laughs> we're talking about the baby, right? Not yeah, the, oh, the adult actor. Oh, oh, no, I thought you were Sorry. talking about me. No, okay. <laughs> Did you immediately bond, or is that tough? Is that at a whole other level of dimension? Babies are not necessarily, you know, directable. They're not, no, they're not very um, socially friendly, are they? <laughs> no, it was difficult for me at the start. Patience. Definitely with shooting with babies. Yeah. And at the end, you know, I learned how to trigger them in certain ways. Um, we had a baby whisperer on set. Her name was Tracy. And she was amazing. She would... In inspire the baby to 
laugh or she had the, you know, a host of toys and little finger gestures and sounds that she would do <laughs> and like little um, balloons that she would squeeze. <laughs> it was kind of fun, you know. It was fun trying to get this baby to laugh. But eventually, you know, we formed quite a strong bond. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like the process that happened in the film, in the relationship between Jonas and Gabriel, is what happened off screen, too. It was fascinating to watch you the first time that baby was put on you to kind of at the end where we really had a relationship with these two. I don't think we could tell them apart, though, yet. I still don't know which one's which. Do you? No. <laughs> I have twins in my family. What we would do is we would put red nail polish on one of them. Uh. <laughs> for oh. advice for any identical twins. Don't tell Parents them that later there. in life. <laughs> they know. Boys, They're though, proud right? of it. Boys. <laughs> yeah, boys. Um, cool stunt work, too, in the film. I mean, are those the days you look forward to when you get to do a little bit of uh, implementing... The, there's a sled in the film that kind of, like, rears its, its uh, face in different incarnations. Uh, what are the kind of the fun physicality uh, that you bring to the, the role, the fun days, in terms of from that Well, aspect? I mean, I have to say, I have to give the stunt guys some credit here because they did some crazy stunts. Um, I did a lot of my own stunts, but not all of them, you know, and, and some of the, um, you know, falling off the waterfall and a lot of the snow stuff was performed by the best stunt guys. Make me look really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, those moments where you, you feel the slice of adrenaline and you feel like you could die are pretty cool. <laughs> and I have to say, O'Day is quite the stunt woman. She was fearless in sliding down these slides and jumping all over the place. Thanks. Look at her playing it cool. Whatever. <laughs> Just Do it from time to time. <laughs> we, had, we had Brenton in like minus 20 degree weather in Utah and in the like hot desert in Okrabis. I mean, we really, we, we went the spectrum. Uh, these two were real troopers the whole time. It was amazing. Was the decision to shoot in, in South Africa, um, I mean, just, you know, we've seen many, obviously, different kind of futuristic or utopian societies and different incarnations, but to your credit, this is a unique look that you guys have, uh, have created in this one. Um, is that hand-in-hand hand with the decision to shoot where you did? Uh, partially. I think the landscape and, and things like that, South Africa offered us um, a wide range of looks and uh, opportunities, but a lot of the look of the community is really deserves goes to uh, Ed Vero, our production designer, who really just did an incredible job in creating this world. I mean, the other day Lois said, it wasn't what I thought about at first, but now that's what I think the giver, the giver community looks like, and that was huge praise for him. So it was a combination of a lot of things going to South Africa. Um, it was certainly we got more for our money in South Africa. We had a great time. There's something about being away uh, with the cast and crew that breeds a different form of family. I mean, we had, we had a great time there as well. Odeo went shark diving. Brenton used to play music with Jeff and Cameron and Odea would sing. So, you know, part of it was being away. We were a long way from home. So really at a certain point, we only had each other. And, and it really, it comes through. Uh, in the spirit of the theme of the movie, uh, a society that tries to dispense with any and all memories of the past, is there any memory of the making of this film that you, you would gladly flush from your brain? Or is it all good? Any of those sharks? Um, I like the sharks. That wasn't... That's a good memory. Uh. When I almost got frostbite, I would gladly throw that memory away. <laughs> I'd throw that one away, too. <laughs> that day was pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if we do have the... Do we have that clip? Great. Uh, I do want to see the, the, the work of uh, Merrill and Jeff. I'm saying their first names because we're close friends now. Um, 
let's take a look at their amazing work in this film. tell you that day was probably the day I remember most. There are two days that I remember most. One was the first day that we shot Brenton and walking into that amazing set and it was exactly what I imagined when I had read the book and, and you walking down those stairs and opening the door and, and Jeff being at the bottom saying books. Your books. Um, but Whoa. that day was um, it was like a master class. I mean we were sitting behind the monitors watching these two actors who have never, they're the greatest actors of our generation and they'd never acted together. And they were just sitting there and, and all of us were speechless. It, it was just, it was remarkable. I mean, the funny thing is, uh, especially, you know, Jeff, I know just from interviewing myself and seeing him in interviews, he's such a disarming presence, even despite the gravitas that he brings to a, a role when it demands it. Um, you obviously share a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with him in this film. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, how would you describe what a re working relationship is with Jeff Bridges? What does he bring to a scene that makes you a better actor? Well, I have to say, as Nikki just said, it was like a masterclass every day. And my character learns these emotions. Jeff gives me you know, these, a string of emotions, memories that inspire my journey. Um, and it was really like that on set. The parallels were insane. You know, I was very scared, nervous, anxious, um, worried, you know, about, you know, am I going to be good? Am I going to be, you know, is he going to like me? All these ridiculous things that you, you think you don't want to think of, but it's just natural. <laughs> they just come up, you know? Um, but he, he was very giving. I mean, I have to say, that's kind of pathetic, soon as though the movie is the giver. But um, he was very nice, very friendly, and very open, encouraging me to try different things, to be impulsive in the moment. Um, and I, I found it quite easy to tap into Jeff once we, you know, once Philip called action. You know, he's, he's always right there. Uh, as if the cast wasn't insane enough, we haven't even mentioned that this marks an important turning point for Taylor Swift and that she makes an appearance in this film, uh, her most sizable uh, role to date, uh, and a key role as Rosemary. Um, what's the best perk of having an icon like Taylor Swift and getting to, to mix it up with her? her? I know, O'Day, you've, you've described the relationship with her as, as kind of a, a big sister to you. Yeah, she's, she's so sweet and I think so amazing in this part and... She really, she jumps in and she can do anything. I feel like she's so open and I didn't work with her, but I think from watching her, it just proved to me that she's capable of anything. And, and just from hearing Jeff speak about her, the fact that she came into this completely open, completely willing, not, you know, not afraid to, to fail. And that's what Jeff encourages to do. Uh, We'll turn this over to your amazing questions in a second, but uh, just the last thing I want to uh, ask, um, Lois uh, Lowry, obviously the, the gifted author behind this, uh, fully 
in support of this movie. She was at the press conference today. Was she? Did she ever choose to come on set? Was she a resource to you guys at all, or did oh, you decide? She, she was with us through the whole process. And you know, once you tell Philip Noyce that you can email him, he helps. 17 times a day, he would send her a little note. What should be on Jonas's wall? What, what should Fiona be wearing? What length should their hair be? So she really was intimately involved and has been a really huge supporter. And she was the one who said to us as we started adapting this, stay true to the spirit of my novel. Make sure the themes, all the things that are important. And I was just with her, actually, um, and she saw the final film last night at the premiere. And she gave a statement um, and did an interview, a post-interview for us, and said, I was so overwhelmed because I truly think this is a beautiful film. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, that, that's the highest praise I yeah. can have. Mission accomplished, definitely. Um, all right, guys, uh, ready for your uh, questions? I think there's a mic or two maybe rolling around. Hey, guys. Uh, my name Hi. is Ryan. I was going to ask you, Brenton, coming from yep. Australia, how was it with your first American project trying to lose that accent, or was it training growing up in Australia that allowed you to, to easily transition into a neutral American accent? Exactly that. It, it's just practice, man. Um, this wasn't my first one. There's a lot of other ones you haven't heard about, um, <laughs> or maybe you have heard about. Um, but, you know, it's just practice. There's no real trick to it. In Australia, we grow up with, you know, all these movies as well. Um, I've got my buddy traveling with me at the moment from Australia, and it's, he was saying it's kind of like he knows New York. He feels familiar in New York because, you know, we've seen so many movies, so many American movies. And us Aussies like to imitate people and make fun of people, so, you know, it's easy to tap into. Is that how I sound? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> hey, Brenton, uh, how was it shooting the giver? Oh, I retire. This is it. Uh, how was it like yesterday at the premiere to see all those fans there that turned out for you? Like, how, what did you feel? How was it? Was it overwhelming or? It was overwhelming. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, there, there was such a huge turnout and they were all, like, screaming, oh, Dea, Brenton, and was, stuff. Yeah, and I just remember after everybody screaming and then getting out there and there were so many lights and by the time I got to the interviews, I just felt dizzy because there were just so many people calling your name from it's it is overwhelming i wasn't used to it but it's exciting at the same time because you see how many people love this story and connect to the story and are excited about this story so that that makes you feel really good hi i was just wondering um if you had a chance to pick any of the current young adult books that's being made into movies as of right now since that's the popular trend which book would you pick to be part of the movie? Mostly, like, which movie would you be a part of that's in the popular young adult section now? Um, the Giver. Uh, um, well, I just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so popular in schools. You mean in the last five years? Yeah. She's saying you're young. Um, but I just, can I promote another book? <laughs> You could do anything you okay. want to. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Uh, I just read this book, Wonder. Which oh, that's a great book. It's such a good it's book. And a there's a part book. for me in it. And I really hope they make the movie. <laughs> they are good. They're going to make that movie. You should buy I the know. rights and cost her. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying right now, I'll do it. We're pretty much halfway to a Go project right here, yeah, right, right now. Right now <laughs> on Apple. 
Hi. Um, ooh, my question's for Nikki, actually. Um, what's it like being a producer when you, you know, get to do great films like this? Like, what's your specific, um, you know, what pops out at films or things like that that you choose to follow along for so many years in films? This book haunted me from the day I read it. Um, I come out, my background actually is I come out of children's uh, television. I produced Reading Rainbow for about 15 years. So, thank you. Thank you. I, I, and still incredibly proud of that. But through that really just grew a love of uh, children's literature and children's books. And they just, because to me, they, there's something about young adult literature. It just taps in to something, but the giver stands out, and it, to me it's the gem, and I was never giving up on it. And there, believe me, there were a lot of times in this process that people looked at me as if I was insane. It's 15 years, no one more option period, I promise, this is it, we'll get it done this time. But look what we did, we got it done. So if you're thinking about doing it, find something you love and just stick with it. How long is an option period? Depends. Uh, it can be two years, and then you have to buy it, and then you can lose it, and then you have to buy it again. It's, it's so you guys have to keep buying the book over, eight, for over eight, 18 years? We bought years? it once, and we actually lost the rights for a few years, and I just kept doggedly calling Lois on the phone, saying, remember me? Remember that script that we wrote that you liked? Um, and the other people who had it during that period weren't able to get it done. And afterwards, I think, basically because of her faith in Jeff um, and wanting Jeff to be the giver, she gave us one more chance and that's how we got it done. Do you think it, it resonates any more or less now versus if you had made it 15 years ago? This, I mean, it seems to be pretty timeless. It could go in any period, but obviously you get the cast that you always were destined to get this way. But is there anything else about where we're the, the times we're living in today that do you think makes it more or less I right. think it's a great question. I mean, I, I think the book is more relevant today than it's ever been, and, and that's a tribute to the book itself. Just It is an evergreen property, but I think we're in um, a very difficult period right now, and I think there are people, we were having this conversation with Philip before, there are people who would say, you know what, I, I, I'll, I don't want the pain anymore. I, I don't want all the... I don't know what word I can use, crap, that you know, is out there that I'm dealing with. So I think there are people that would look at this world and say, well, maybe I would choose that, and, and that's scary. So I think today is the right time for this film, because we can't give it up. There's too much joy, and, and sometimes, you know, happiness just comes in little bits. I mean, Taylor said that this morning at the press conference. But you live for those moments, and they are essential. And this movie is about what it means to be human. Um, and it's so important that we all sort of get back to that. Hi, I read The Giver when I was eight years old. No, so no pressure, guys. Wow. <laughs> but um, You're an early my, reader. Yeah, my question is for Odea. Uh, in the book, Fiona, the character you play, doesn't really get much time. Jonas kind of goes on his journey alone to discovery. And I wanted to know, you had this opportunity to really create this character and take her on a journey because it wasn't written beforehand and it was developed for the film. So could you describe the character that you created and the journey you took her on? Um, I think it was really a collaboration of what the ideas that Lois had, because she did describe Fiona as someone who takes care of the old. She's destined to take care of people. She's, she's very giving and very generous, which I think is in the film as well, because she's taking care of babies. And um, But I worked 
from Lois's ideas and the script and also with Phil because Fiona's very complex. She begins being kind of naive and, and happy and content and living in this world and not knowing any better and kind of being the more mature of the of the two guys. And then I think everything shifts. The relationship shifts. Asher shifts kind of away from us and something else happens between Fiona and Jonas and she notices that something is wrong, but she's not fully capable of emotion. And she's the only one in the community. She's not like the giver and Jonas where they get memories and, and color and, and music. And, um, you know, she's not training with the giver, but she's also not like everyone else because when she stops taking her injections, she does come close to feeling something. And I think it's really amazing to see the journey that she takes of how I think when you see Fiona in the beginning, she doesn't seem like someone who would really stand up to mother and, and really call her out and, and, see, and see the evil in this world. She seems someone so naive and happy. And, and I really like the transformation that she takes, does. Yeah. <laughs> Did I, thank you. Oh, that was great. I and mean, it's one of the reasons we aged up the character was to be able to do all the things that you so successfully did with the character of Fiona and explore all those issues. Hi, um, my question's for Nikki. So what aspects of the novel did you find most difficult to adapt into the movie and what factored into your decisions to either overcome those challenges or just simply omit the details altogether? Well, for sure, the, the hardest part of adapting this was the ending. Um, and people are incredibly attached to the ending. I know I was attached to the ending. Um, of the three producers on this, we all had different views of what actually happened in the ending. And then uh, Lois shows up to set wearing a shirt that says, Jonas lives. So it, it was all very confusing. Um, and. You know, it's, it's something that people, all you read the blogs, we've spent a lot of time seeing what people are passionate about the book, and the end is something that they care deeply about. And we, we worked on it and worked on it and worked on it, and ultimately had to come to the decision, and I don't want to give away the end, but that the movie is its own medium. You know, it's, it's a different thing than a book. So, and there are four other books that have come out since then. It's, I'm sorry, there are three others. It's a quartet. So we made the decisions that we made. Um, there are going to be some people who say we should have done it this way or we should have done it that way. But um, I really think you walk away with all the emotion from the book. But we've added something that I hope will feel a little fulfilling to people who go to the movies. So um, how did this movie, in making the movie for the two of you, how did it change you in any way? Uh, what did, in terms of the ideas of the film, did it make you think about issues that you hadn't considered before and, and now have uh, integrated them into your own life? Okay. Um, I think, well, there's two, I think filming the movie has changed me as an actress and as a person. I really grew working on this film, but just, Reading Lois's book, reading the script, being a part of this, it really made me appreciate a lot of the little things in life that we take for granted and, you know, look at all this beauty that life has to offer with all the montages and all the memories that, um, that Jonas gets today. We were in traffic and it was raining and I saw, and I just saw people walking in the rain and I thought, 
Like, this is life. This is, you know, the, the, this community, they don't have rain. They don't, you, they don't have funny things where you, little kids are jumping into puddles and, you know, your mom's getting mad at you, but then it's funny and it's fun and it's, and it's different and every day has different, I mean, if you live here, every day has different weather. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, that's, that's what makes life beautiful. And we need to really look at that and we need to look at our differences and celebrate them. Jonas learns a memory of home. Um, and for me, I guess I just ask myself, you know, what is home to me? And home is where I grew up, my friends, my family, um, you know, the important things, especially my family. And I guess it made me realize, you know, I, ha I hadn't really had a, such a strong relationship with them. Um, left Australia to become an actor in America. And so for me, you know, I just, I went back home and did a movie back home and I formed a strong relationship with my family again and my friends. Um, and so it really taught me about, um, you know, the necessities, the really important things in life. It's pretty good for a movie. Deep, deep, <laughs> deep, deep. That's a good way, a way to end Too the, deep. the No, it's perfect. Um, Let's give a round of applause to this amazing cast and producer. Uh, the Giver, only days away, August 15th, guys. Check it out. Thanks to this amazing panel. Thanks very much. Thank you.